0: This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford, and I'm a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. In this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Rick, who is a Western Australian single man trying to pursue surrogacy. Despite the laws in WA. WI- not allowing single men or same-sex male couples to go ahead with surrogacy. Unfortunately, that's the legal position at the moment. Rick has been on a really long journey to get to this point, and it's really interesting to hear what he's been doing and where he's up to and what's next for him. I'm going to hand over now to Rick.
1: Hi, my name is Rick DiCastro. Um, I'm from WA, and I'm an intended parent.
0: But tell us, how did you find yourself um, in the surrogacy world?
1: Well, I'll try and keep my story short, but um, in two thousand, uh, sorry, 1996, I met my wife, Susanna, uh, whilst we were out. Uh, we fell in love um, like couples do, um, and we got married uh, soon after, well, not soon after, but um, there were a few issues moving forward, but we finally got married um and then we were just cruising along you know we were always trying for children we always wanted children together and unfortunately in 2009 she was diagnosed with breast cancer so that made us uh take a step back uh reevaluate um life as well as making sure that we were concentrating on her and getting her um healthy now going back a little bit um prior to us getting married um you know my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer the year before we were getting married so we had to postpone our marriage uh for the following year in 98. um but yeah so with all that happening um we then uh, after being diagnosed we we still continued to um uh you know pursue our lives uh go sightseeing, um, also knowing that she had this uh, illness that we needed to treat. We then moved to Karatha where we worked for about six years. Um, And then when we came back in 2008, 2006, uh, we decided to try uh, IVF. So we gave IVF a go um, and she was pregnant for eight weeks and unfortunately um, we lost uh, that baby. And then, of course, in 2009, whilst we were still in that process of trying again, um, she was advised that she, she had breast cancer. So 2009, uh, we, we try to make sure that you know we were taking care of her and us. And after the year, she was in remission for four and a half years. And we were actually talking about restarting the IVF program. And then it was, um, yeah, her last appointment, she was advised that um, the cancer had spread and come back. So that was put onto the back burner. But um, about three years before she passed away, we talked about adoption and surrogacy, but we were more, I was more focused on making sure that she was taken care of. So um, even though we both wanted children, we just knew that, that wasn't the right time uh, for us. Uh, Fortunately, in 2018, Susanna passed away, um, uh, surrounded by her family and close friends. So uh, that took me uh, a while to register and I was not in a good place. And then all of a sudden, I just remembered our embryos. And that was my driving force. It was literally, I thought, If I can't have Susanna here, then hopefully I can see Susanna through the eyes of our child. So for me, that was a driving force. So I started thinking about um, surrogacy because I had these three embryos ready to go in Western Australia, not knowing the laws, thinking everything was, you know, it was 2018, everyone's above, um, you know, all the crazy laws that were beforehand uh, that hopefully have been fixed. And after I started digging, I found out that single males and same-sex male couples in Western Australia cannot have children or cannot go down the path of surrogacy. And that just took me by surprise and I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, this is crazy. So I spoke to um, my local MP who then advised me that uh, the minister's office was drafting a bill to go through parliament. So that bill went through parliament in last year. Uh, Unfortunately, there was a minister who had taken a majority of that bill, or hijacked that bill and used it to uh, slow the process and and also stop the process. So uh, that bill is still currently in parliament. But I was going through, sorry, so back in 2019 or last year, I connected with a surrogate. So after Christmas, New Year's and Susanna's birthday, which was close to each other, I picked myself up um, and then I thought, okay, let's give it a go. So I I told my story. I told the story about how our first Valentines, um, I bought her 12 roses every hour on the hour. Um, that totaled up to 10 dozen roses. And back then, her family, my family thought I was crazy. Looking back now, they don't think so. So I was very fortunate to have those sort of experiences with her. But um, So I engaged in a lawyer where we started after, after I connected with my surrogate um, who just lived... Um, a few minutes away from us, uh, which was crazy. So I connected with a surrogate and from there we started to get to know each other and everything was going really well. And I've heard stories where, you know, the first connection doesn't work out, the second or third, and sometimes you're not very fortunate to connect. So for me, I was just pinching myself thinking this is this is crazy. This is, you know, um, happening so quickly. But it was right. It just felt right. Um, you know, every time we went out together, the three of us were always um, talking uh, through texting. Uh, we went 10 pin bowling, we went out for dinner, movies. So, and then I got to know her children as well. And um, unfortunately, mid uh, year, we had to end our uh, journey together. Um, so, I, um, she was having some issues that I wanted her to make sure that she was looking after herself and her children. So we um, decided, you know, part ways. um, We then reconnected again because the biggest thing for me is I wanted to have that connection with someone and not go overseas and still have that connection but not, you know, overseas you can't go every day and say hello or you can't go every second day. Where in Western Australia you have that opportunity to do that. So... We've reconnected, but um, you know she's asked me if she could continue, and I've gone. You know, I think just for our friendship, I think you need to look after yourself. And if and she's interested still in being a surrogate surrogate for someone, so um, yeah. Uh, so for me, I'm now looking at the Canadian path, um, and and have been talking to friends that have gone through that path uh, who are same sex male couples, and they've given me some insight and some information. I've got two um, friends who are going to have a child in March. So it's funny, these stories and these people that are having children, um, they're the ones that are inspiring myself and others to continue and to move forward and to, you know, have this dream come true. I'm very realistic that if it doesn't happen, because I've only got three embryos, If it doesn't happen, then, of course, I understand that and I have to move forward, but I can accept that as well. Um, If I could connect with someone in uh, WA, that would be fantastic. I know a lot of people will be asking me, why don't you go to the eastern states? Because those laws are different in uh, Victoria, Queensland, New South Wales, where single males can. Um, I believe in 2008... um, a single dad had, or a single male had, fought the um, government in uh, Victoria and won, and that set the ball rolling for the other states. and And I was in the process of doing the same thing for WA. Um, the cost factor has been put into my equation as to which way I'm going down. Um, the time factor is not that that big for me. So um, at this stage, um, I've Decided not to fight the government and taken, uh, I'm going to see if I can take my embryos to Canada and connect with a Canadian surrogate and uh, clinic. And hopefully one of those three eggs will, um, yeah, produce a baby. I hope.
0: Your story is so interesting. And also from a legal perspective, as a lawyer myself, so frustrating because It really is the fact that if Susanna was still alive, you would be able to pursue surrogacy as a couple in WA. And the fact that she's passed away means that you can't pursue it because you're now single. I mean, that's extraordinary that in 2020, that's still the barrier for you becoming a dad within Australia. And that's really pushing single dads like yourself and also same-sex male couples out of WA and having to go overseas, which they've been doing for a long time. But you would hope with things like marriage equality that surrogacy laws will have caught up by now and that everyone could access surrogacy within their own home state. I just find that extraordinary. Um, and the positive, yeah. I guess, is that you are able to go to Canada. That's great. Whereabouts is it up to with the law reform in WA?
1: Well, um, the once it went up to the... When it went to the lower house, it got passed. It then went up to the upper house... Um, where a minister um, had taken a lot of time to get a a subcommittee to review the laws. Um, A lot of people had placed their submissions in um, for and against. So there was roughly an even spread, um, if not um, going for uh, the side. Um, Then uh, there was a further debate in relation to uh, they wanted women that could have children but chose not to have children be included in the in the bill, and then, so that you know it gave everyone equality. Um, so at that stage, it looked like you had to go back to the drawing board, to go back to the lower house, then to the upper house, and then to, for it to be ratified in law. Um, what gets me uh, after your comment? Um, is a in Western Australia, as a single dad or same-sex male couple, you can actually adopt a baby. So someone that's not biologically your child but, you know, in, is in need of care, you can adopt a baby under the Adoption Act but you can't have your own biological child because, um, yeah, the, the laws are still archaic and they're still taking time for it to go through. Um, It's just a matter of if there was a, if I had the funds to fight this, I would, I I would. um, My story is not unique to every other single male or same sex male couples. You know, I've I've always said in my submission is, you know, it's the welfare of the child is more paramount than my own um, personal goals or dreams, but it's the welfare of the child. If a child is in a home that is loving, it does not matter if the child is in a single parent home or a traditional uh, family home. You know, if he's loved, you can't change, you know, you can't change, um, you you can't uh, pay or buy that. You can't buy that. So for me, um, I've always uh, been an advocate, so... Um, I just find it funny how I can adopt a child. And I know a few of my friends that I've been speaking to in this on the surrogacy page in Western Australia, they've adopted children because they just they couldn't wait uh, and the bill wasn't actually in the pipeline. Um, I was fortunate that when I went and saw my, my local minister, she advised me that um, there was something happening. And then within a week or two, all of a sudden, that bill came um, on air, and it was getting some airtime, and and hence um, I was an advocate, so I was on radio, I was on television, just trying to push that momentum. And unfortunately, there's only so much you can push, um, and yeah, but I'll, I knew that I needed to go through uh, the legal channels for the government to turn around and go. Now it's been um, now that the law has changed someone has fought it we better go now and clean everything up and have it rectified because the last thing that I want is for me to win a court case and then to have someone that won't have the welfare of the child have possession of a child
0: Mm. and
1: that's my greatest and that was my greatest fear.
0: I think a, a few things my first reflection is that Um, you're completely right. My position is that if we can support people to do surrogacy within Australia, that is in the child's best interest rather than having to do it overseas. If we're focused on looking after Australian children for Australian couples, then it should be happening in Australia as much as possible. Um, The second is just to clarify for anyone listening, the court case that you were talking about is that you could have actually launched a case against the government for discrimination because the Surrogacy Act discriminates on the basis of your marriage, marriage status or in the case of same-sex male couples on their sexual orientation. So that would have been potentially very successful, but also, as you say, very, very expensive. And the alternative is to wait for the Surrogacy Act to be changed in WA, which could be potentially another two years away, maybe even longer after the next election. Is that your understanding of where it's at at the moment?
1: Yes, it is, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things where... um, You know, with case law happening in New South Wales, in 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 Victoria, sorry, and New South Wales and Queensland, um, it's just someone having the opportunity to take the government to court and to identify that they are in breach of the Sex Discrimination Act, Um, and um, and that is just a matter of costs. Uh, The costs, uh, the time is not is irrelevant because. Like anything, there's a due process, but the costs involved. Um, I was engaged with a barrister and a solicitor. So I was almost there, Um, but with my journey, with my surrogate ending, that took me um, a bit to recover. Um, I didn't realise how um, hard that hit, Um, but I'm fortunate that we've now reconnected. And, you know, hopefully moving forward, we both get um, to fulfil our dreams.
0: Um, I think it also raises the other issue that I'm aware of, that people in your position in WA have the choice to go overseas or to fight the the law, or many of them are actually engaging in medical tourism interstate. So they're travelling to states like New South Wales, Victoria or Queensland, which are able to... um, support them to go through surrogacy there, but that involves either relocating or uh, using an address in one of those states, which is not ideal either. Had you thought about relocating as an option?
1: I have. um, And unfortunately, I'm in the law enforcement um, area in Western Australia. So uh, I protect and serve the community of Western Australia. So unfortunately, I would have to leave my job to relocate. And uh, and that's a massive um, cost factor in relation to also um, you know um, trying to find employment in um, the other states. Now, um, being a law enforcement officer is um, hard enough as it is, but trying to negotiate new laws and trying to get into the academy in a different state would be difficult. Uh, my skill sets are very uh, unique to WA, um, and hence why, and I, and that's the other reason why I wouldn't choose to. I've got family over east, and they would have, they would have more than happy let me use their address to commence the process. But that's just starting on the wrong foot. Um, if I was successful, then um, yes, I have this child that you know, uh, I'm. I can um, I can see grow, but there will always be that tainted um, that, you know, I've done something wrong. And ethically, um, that is one of the core values that my boss has imparted on us in my profession.
0: I completely understand. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Tell us a bit about Susanna. What's the legacy of Susanna and wanting to have a baby with, you know, her with her embryos
1: um you know to say that she was gorgeous inside and now is um yeah it's a it doesn't do it justice um she you know i met her um our marriage was it was one of those fairy tale marriages i think people looked at us and went are you guys still in love with each other after the, these many years, um, you know, we just, you know, when we went up north, uh, she had to relocate. She was a city girl. She had to relocate for my job and she did it with no hesitation, with with no fanfare. Um, you know, when I've asked that we've had to do things, you know, she's gone, yeah, not a problem, we'll try and do it. Um, Susanna was just, you know, she she was the person that actually you know, drawed a lot of people together. She had a lot of friends. I I didn't realise how many uh, friends that she had until her funeral where the church that we, we had her funeral at, um, it held about uh, 470 and it was overflowing. Um, when I prepared her funeral, um, I was speaking to the, panth- uh, the booklet um, people and they were telling me that, 250 booklets were ample and I just went up to 300 just in case and they still ran out. So for me, it just shows uh, how many people she touched. Um, You know, she was always, she was a financial planner manager for a banking institution. She was always, um, you know, focused on her people, not on, she understood the core business and the core values of, you know, succeeding, but her main priority was her people, making sure that if they were good, then everything else would fall into play. Um, You know, when she was diagnosed with um, breast cancer, she was going through uh, her MBA at UWA. And even though she was still, you know, she was struggling, she wasn't well, she still completed it. She completed it the year before she passed away um so that that was a testament to her and her resilience and and her character um i i miss her every day i you know people say you know time heals uh, things get easier um when you lose someone um you know that comment isn't true um and you just you you just want to move forward so i When she passed away, I promised myself that moving forward, my job was to um, take on her legacy and everything I do now is literally because of her. Um, You know, if someone from my job asks me, you know, why do you you go above and beyond? Why do you, you know, you do so much more and I go, it's because of my wife. You know, I'm doing this in honour of her. And I don't want to keep her memory alive. And every time they ask me these, words, these questions, I always say that. And for me, um, I found um, you know, I've been operational for 26 years, so out on the road, I had to take a step back and, and go into an administration role, uh, which I needed to find something that could fulfill my void and i have so um she she's made me a better person and and that's hard to do when someone makes you a better than you are yeah you know you've lost someone special so um oh i'm so sorry no don't, um, don't apologize yeah,
0: she sounds like I an just, amazing person
1: yeah i i just think um, you know, she surrounded me with um, the right people. She, she made sure that I was um, going to be taken care of before she left. Um, I, we had a little dog called Danny. Um, he was our pride and joy. He was our baby. Um, and people go, you know, he's a dog. But the experience that we had was um, when we had him and we went to the park, we connected with other families that had dogs and then they were inviting us to their house for doggy play dates. And we were we were inviting them to our house for doggy play dates. And if you think about it, when your children go to school, they connect with their friends at school. And of course that causes you to connect with their parents. So in actual fact, you know, he made us a complete family. Um, and the, the one thing that I um, I cherish is that when I gave her eulogy, uh, her sister and I um, gave her eulogy, um, people clapped. People felt it was right to clap at at the end of my eulogy, and that was at a funeral. And I and I just felt so humbled and so honoured that people could see that it was a celebration and it wasn't. Um, yeah. It wasn't um, a sad occasion. It was honouring and remembering, remembering her life. So, yeah, I, I, the stories I can tell about her, uh, but, you know, everyone has, you know, everyone that was in a special relationship, in a loving relationship, will have the same loving memory. So, I, I'm fortunate. I look at other people and I can go, I will, I'd rather have 20 years of what I had than have 40 years of an unhappy relationship so um, i she always taught me to look at the positives of life not at the negatives so um, i'm trying to uh, trust me i'm trying to but it does get hard sometimes
0: Rick, I know that the surrogacy community is right behind you on your next steps and hopefully looking forward to good news for you in Canada. Um, Keep us posted and hopefully those WA laws also get changed in the near future so that other people in your position are able to pursue surrogacy within Australia. Thank you for talking to me.
1: Listen, thank you very much for you and your listeners. Um, I hope, um, yeah, someone gets some insight. If they want to talk to me, by all means, Look me up if you want to pass my information on to them. Um, I'm more than happy to discuss anything with them.
0: Okay. All the best. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. If you are looking for more information, you can find it on the blog. Listen to more podcast episodes at sarahjefford.com. You can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram. And if you want to get in touch, you can find me at sarah at sarahjefford.com.